that leads us into, you know, getting a, a start in this industry. Part two. Part two and what it takes and what it's really like. And man, it's fun and it's exciting and it's hard work and it's all the things at the same time. And in part one, we talked a lot about the reality of it, the excitement of it, the the going slow and the refinement, um, putting in the hard work. Uh, we're going to talk about just kind of a few more steps of that journey today and what that's what that is like. And so part of it that we wanted to start off with today is really working on building your audience with the your being capitalized. Yeah. Um, finding your people, finding who you align with, not trying to be a vendor that serves such a broad audience, but refinement, refinement of your skill set and your audience itself. Um, the last episode about the only thing being more important, the only thing more important than who you are is who you aren't, right? Yeah. And so it's important to know who you are and who you aren't in order to attract a really nice organic audience that will purchase or utilize your services yeah, and your skill set and your talent. And it's different for for every wedding entrepreneur that is in this industry. Mm -hmm. There's different price points that you're obviously going to want to be at. Um, there's um, only so many weddings that maybe you want to take on. Um, there's going to be maybe a geographical location that you kind of want to work within. And so the more you can refine who your picture perfect audience will be, the easier it's going to be for you to say, well, I'm going to spend my time networking with venues or I'm yeah. going to really focus my time on um, a really great SEO plan. And maybe you're really big into numbers and analytics and getting into the really sort of granular elements of who is watching you to begin with. We did that with our podcast and we yeah. continue doing that with our business. Who's watching us? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's interesting when you look at the numbers on YouTube, it's a bunch of guys on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. It's a lot of females. Yeah, I know. Right. It's and so that's put that puts us in a position where we have to figure out how we can appeal to our audience. Absolutely. I agree. And, and I think a couple of things that I think about when building your audience are that, you know, a lot of vendors and the I shouldn't say vendors we're getting away from that we're not uh lemonade stand people on the corner right, of the street. true <laughs> I have to get all used to saying that entrepreneurs professionals is understanding that every client may not be for you and have having some sort of filtering process I think is really important and spending time I think people say you know I want to book this many weddings this year and they forget like who do you want to book right who is your ideal client where do the hang out? What do they like? What's their sense of style and humor? And try, you know, and again, you've got to have a way to filter out people. Uh, I think that's smart to get in the habit of that from the beginning. Um, if you don't, you'll learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, but I think if you can establish that, you know, the other thing I think of that I think would be helpful for people who are new in the industry, I see this a lot as a venue owner. Let's say you get a client and you book a wedding. And you are a florist or you're a caterer, especially if you're somebody who is at the event interacting with mm. guests. So DJs, this is a big deal. People tend to forget, again, this is where I think a servant's heart um, really comes into play, that, that your next client is sitting out in the yeah. room, right? 
And I've seen vendors get very hung up on or very kind of a little bit cold or distant or like, I'm trying to work a wedding or very dismissive of guests or the guest experience. Yes, you're there to serve a client. I understand that. But you have so much uh, influence over maybe who might be looking out in the audience and looking for your services. You could have your next client right there in the room. And so I think because a lot of times families align, right? Or you, we get a lot of referrals off people that All the see time. you DJ at a it's wedding. 85% right? of my business. And if you're a jerk to somebody who comes up and asks you a question yeah. or they can tell you don't want to be there or you're like, you're kind of on a stage of, of people yeah. watching you. And if you love what you're doing, people should know that. And, um, you know, the family, it's like I see sometimes vendors just get kind of dismissive of yeah. other people. So as you're trying to build an audience, if you've got booked by a client and you really like them, chances are you might like their friends yep. or their family members. Uh, so be aware of that. I, I was reading a book called, and I think I finished it. It was like two years ago, but this stuck with me. It's called Selling Luxury. Mm. And they talk about the experience you have at Louis Vuitton and Gucci and what all of those brands have in common, just to name two out of a ton they mentioned in that book. But they cover each individual experience where they talk about like a, a scenario. So a husband, wife walk into the Rolex store and they're greeted like this and they have this question and here's how the salesperson responds. What would you do in this situation? Well, here's how the salesperson respond and why. And it just, it's, it's really, really cool. But anyways, they talk about um, when you have a really, really good experience with a company, you typically tell about seven people. When you have a negative experience, you tell about 17. Mm -hmm. So anytime to your point, not only is it <laughs> more important to do a really good job. And, you know, you can see that bad because when you have a bad review at a restaurant, you typically go out of your way. Like when somebody mentions, mentions that restaurant mm -hmm. that you had uh, a negative experience at, you typically you'll speak up and say, Oh, we went over, we went there the other day and man, the server was so rude or this was bad or whatever, whatever, whatever. When it's good, you typically say, no, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. you go into more detail it's when like it's a negative experience. You feel like it's your job to warn people if it was bad, but you don't really talk businesses yeah. up if it, it was good. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I would, one quick side on the same topic. I saw a post and I reposted it yesterday because I was I like, oh, that. so true. I think as, as small business owners, especially in this industry, we're under a magnifying glass. Yeah. It said, you know, McDonald's can screw up your order 10,000 times and, and you'll go back to McDonald's, right? But somebody, a small business owner makes a mistake and you kick them in the teeth, yep. right? And there's not the same grace and there's just... And especially in our industry, and and I do believe we have a higher, uh, you know, sent, uh, we have to be, we have to perform better, right? With someone's wedding, right? We don't get to mess things up. Yeah, it's, it's different just, than a $2 quarter pound. Exactly, you know, so. right? We have a, an obligation to, to perform very well, but there is typically no grace given, you know, with uh, Agreed. small Agreed. business owners and, yeah. and our industry for sure. So but yeah, but to your point, when you're at a wedding... As a photographer, a DJ, a caterer, anybody that's interacting, like you said, yeah, your demeanor is everything yeah. from beginning to end. And so be careful when you're on, quote, a break and you're on your cell phone. Yeah. Just hanging out. Yeah. Um, your facial expression, your body language looks like. Yes. People are watching. That's your audience. Right. Especially with weddings. The weird thing about weddings or the interesting thing about weddings is that you have 
obviously friends of the couple Mm -hmm. that are there. A lot of them are local. Of course, you have out-of-town guests, but a lot of the, well, especially a photographer, you can go out of state and shoot. DJs, really, we don't do a ton of that. Caterers, same. But pay attention to your audience that is there. There's there's been some caterers that I've worked with that they do a really good job about going around the room and just seeing how everybody is doing. Did you enjoy your meal? So they can kind of get ahead of some things, maybe if sure. there's an issue. Um, but yeah, just your um, your event slash kind of wedding etiquette is what I talk a lot about when I'm training and coaching other wedding entrepreneurs is who are you and how are you going to act yeah. when something is stressful at a wedding. Can people see your emotion? Are you wearing it on your sleeve right now in the midst of a wedding? And somebody's like, Ooh, that photographer is not happy or that DJ is pissed off about something. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> right? Don't want the guest to pick up on that. Absolutely. Cause I think we think so much of social media is where we build our audiences these days. And it is true, but at an actual event is a totally. huge audience builder. So if you're looking to build your audience again, have some sort of filtering system, um, if you're brand new, I totally understand how you might feel like, I'll take anybody. I need yeah. a paycheck, right? And that's okay. Just know what you're signing up for. Know that you may learn some hard lessons along the way, but just always be understanding that people are watching you and always be understanding that you're building an audience. And even to say, you know, you're building your brand, right? And that's just a word that gets tossed around a lot. There's lots of layers to what a brand is. Um I think, you know, there's, to me, it's, it's what, it, what are your standards? What are your, how do you treat people? Yeah. You know, are you humorous? Are you not, you know, just, and, and have it be authentic. I, it's, you and I are as about authentic as it can get. I cannot be somebody I'm not, neither can you. When you hear and see us on the podcast or on a live, you're getting the same person that if you walked in the room and sat with us. Agreed. Yeah. I just don't have it in me to do anything no, different. And yeah. uh, I think, vendors, you need to do the same thing because anything else isn't going to last a really, really long time. So start off, if you can do that from day one uh, in this industry, you'll thank us for it, right? You heard it here first. So the next thing that we think is really important, we mentioned this in uh, the episode previous to this last week, was to zig when your competitors zag. We talked about knowing if you're new to the industry, do people want what you're offering, Right. right? Isn't that a crazy question. You might be like, yeah, there's tons of caterers out there. Okay. So why wouldn't, if I'm a caterer, you know, but what, you know, look at the caterers that you would like to emulate. Are they busy? Um, Are they struggling for business? What could you do that's a little different? How can you position yourself? I think there's something really interesting about offering Mm -hmm. something different Mm -hmm. and not just rinsing and repeating everything. Yeah. I, I think to use an example, if you are you're a venue owner. I've got two examples. One, if you're a venue owner and you're seeing a lot of the surrounding venues in your market, uh, hosting styled shoots or um, doing kind of the predictable marketing tactics that, that might hold some value, of course. But maybe the owner is never in front of the camera or... Um, they're not talking about the things that they love most about the venue, why they built the venue to look the way that it looks or the size that it is and the amenities that are found within it. And so if you're focused on what they're doing, which you shouldn't be too focused on that, I'm saying more from a strategic standpoint, go back to 
your home base and say, okay, well, not a lot of venues are talking about the essence of their venue or the character and the why. It's a lot of what. There's a lot of what in our industry. It's this and it's that. It's just what. It's tangible. It's right there. I love the the feel. Like how does Ashton Hill provide a feeling for those getting married there? And what is the feeling? Mm -hmm. Well, those are the things you should be talking about. Why you decided to build it the, to the way that it looks now, right? A lot of people probably wonder that. Sure. You I know? need to get on camera and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I do. so good in front of the camera. Oh, thanks. Totally do it pretty easily. Um, it's really interesting you bring that up because I did a tour last night and the client booked. And the bride asked me the question before they'd booked. We're just sitting there having conversation. And she's like, "What? tell me what the special thing is about Ashton Hill. Like, why do you book? And I was like, no one's ever asked me that from a client standpoint. And I can truly say it, the aesthetic of our venue is not it. Um, I love the aesthetic, but that will actually change and evolve over time. Um, I said it's it's the team and the planning and the care and the customer service yeah. that we have and the sure. elevated level of service that, that our client gets, so our couple gets, and that their guests get. And we work – I said, here's how we work on that every single week. I don't know any other venue doing it and explain to her what we do. And she's like, oh, yeah. I said, because it's everything. It's everything. There's a lot of beautiful venues around now. There's a lot of great styled shoots happening. The essence of our venue is the service. Yep, I agree. And the care uh, and the planning. So um, it's really good to understand as a new vendor, what, what is it? What is that secret sauce that you're going to have and that you're going to build your foundation? Yeah. On? What is, what's the essence mm-hmm. of, of, of what you do? Yeah. Cause everybody can say, well, I'm a photographer. Well, n- people know what that is. I'm a DJ. They know what that is, but what else? Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah. And why? Right. And I think if, again, we work with storyline multimedia here. I mean, it's, they're all about telling a story mm-hmm. and, you know, John works with really great entrepreneurs that focus on telling their story because people can connect and relate to their own story. And if people don't understand, I I talk a lot about even um, in, 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 in consultations that I've done on the DJing side of things, I talk all about not only my passion for what I do, but how my passion began for this. And people like to know and, 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 they can feel that it kind of resonates with things that they're passionate about. Maybe somebody's really passionate about racing mm-hmm. and he's like, man, he's talking about wedding DJ. And like, I talk about racing to you. It's like, they can feel that. Mm-hmm. That's what I tell everybody that I talk to or, or coach or, or, or whatever within the entrepreneurship realm is be so unapologetic about how passionate you are about the thing that you're doing day in and day out. It'd be really weird to me if you're doing something day in and day out not to vocalize and express your passion. To me, life is so short to bottle that up because that's what sells. Yeah. Especially if it's genuine. We, and, and as you were saying earlier, when, <laughs> when you're around people that are trying to sell you on something and you know they could give two craps about it, it is almost laughable at that point. It's like, bro, you are blowing smoke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ass right now, like, come on, dude. Yeah. It's not going to work. I'm not interested. I it's agree. It's a gimmick. I Don't agree. Be a and- gimmick. That just, it won't last very long either. And I, and I do think to be fair, being newer in the industry, it might take a minute to figure that out, right? You may come into this industry thinking one thing 
and it evolves. Every good story, every good, you know, I started here and got to here does not look the same. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, even my venue of ownership and where we've evolved from doesn't necessarily look like I thought it would on seven years later, you know? And so I think being new in the industry, you need to make that a priority on top of all the other things you're doing to figure out your why and your essence and work toward that and really have a foundation that, you know, you can look back four years later and be like, this is what, ooh, geez Louise. Coming in hot. Smacked my microphone. I scared myself. Cut, edit. Let's put a damage deposit. So, yeah. so Somebody is very passionate about I'm so passionate. <laughs> I'll sit on my hands now for the rest of the show. I'm not cutting any of that, by the way. Oh, I scared myself. <laughs> That's that's Guys, because it was really good too. What I was that's thinking. why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Megan has her own microphone that's just got Plastic like dent, dents in it. And <laughs> I like punch it. And I, I throw it. It's a whole thing. Uh, but I'm passionate there. That's so passionate. Sam, agreed. Just smack crap out of my microphone. Yeah. yeah. I'll hit mine too. Yeah, I'm do passionate it. Too, yeah, Megan. I'm passionate. <laughs> you just get a boxing. Like a boxing bag. I know. We just need to like punch the wall, like rip shit off. Of, no, not the light though. That was expensive. Not, we're not going yeah. to tear our light. Down. They don't give those away. I know, right? That's for sure. <laughs> I agree. We're both very, very passionate. And then the kind of the last thing we wanted to wrap up this episode talking about. And the thing is, we can speak from our truth is we're in the middle of doing this. We're in the on the path of building your legacy in this yeah. industry. And it's not too soon to think about it if you're newer in the industry. Just always have it in front of mind, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, for someone who's new, this may not be something that you are going to. First of all, it's not something you should rush into because it's you have a long way to go before you are, I think, at the point where you can say, I've I've made it. I'm ready to start looking, you know, at an exit strategy or the the long game, but you should always have it out there in the front of your mind and be thinking about it because there's some truths to this industry. You'll age out. True. Do you agree? Totally agree. Is that a hard truth to hear that nobody totally agree. wants maybe a 65-year-old wedding planner? Yeah. Hobbling, that'll be me hobbling around on my rascal. I, I heard an interesting I take the other day <laughs> that talked about is there a ton of value in telling your clients how many years you've been doing something? Ooh. Or does that make you just kind of sound old? I think it depends. Yeah. I, my my joke for a long time was, uh, yeah, I've been doing videos for 10 years, but I've only been good for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get think, me in my prime. Yeah. You gotta be. <laughs> and, then, and then a lot of the comments to that video, it was like, yeah, when you see websites that are like, we have a combined 700 years of experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, like combined. We started at, you know, in the stone ages. There's exceptions to that rule. Like if Martha course, Stewart came in course. and said she would like to plan a wedding, someone would be like, yes, Martha, because yeah. you're a thousand, but you are the OG, right? There are still, and I know of a couple other people that are older in the industry. I'm not knocking older people. I will be, you know, I'm getting there, Right. But I think you have to be realistic. Number one, physically, can you, how long can you do this totally. job? Yeah. You know, I was talking about my sciatic nerve, right? When you start talking about that, you just know you're freaking yeah. old, right? Yeah. Get a 
Ashton Hill branded rascal, you can. I'd crash it. Coordinate. Oh, yeah, to- do tour. You should do a tour on a rascal. <laughs> You should. We gotta make this happen. I want. Sh- should abs. I mean, that's possible. I actually yeah. re- really want to now. <laughs> they won't be able to keep up. No, I'll be like true. going way too fast. I am yeah. so sorry. I have this in turbo mode. I'll turn it down for you guys. Turn it down and hop just, on the yeah. back. Can they like? Can I get one where people can ride on it? Tune into the PA system. You just have a microphone. And true. True. Hey, this is over here. I've always wanted to do tours. Actually, where they're like museum esque, where like I don't have to be there and people can yeah. walk around and like hit a button and they'll say in this area, this is where you'll have your buffet. Yeah. And to, and then they like keep, they have like headphones on. I don't know. But now I'm liking the rascal idea. So Back when I had way too much time on my hands, I worked with Jeremy Rolison. Yeah. Shout out White Train Entertainment. They're living down in Mexico. In Mexico. Now. Just a freaking genius of an audio and lighting engineer. I mean, yeah. just, you know how he rolls. Anyways, we were talking about we had this whole blueprint of a venue that could do automatic, like curated tours where like when you step foot in certain places, lights would come on and like, it just takes you through everything. Like, a, yeah, I'm really, we won't stray too I'm far off topic here, that. but I'm really curious. I think, did we talk about the vision pro this episode or last episode? The, this, Apple? the, yeah. the begin, being, yeah, beginning because, of this one. Yeah. What that will do for augmented uh, reality tours, like for, yeah. for real estate, but for venues, venues are no different. Could you, know? you have one where someone puts those on and they walk into a reception and there's people in there dancing and is that like a real thing? Uh, I would imagine that that's going to be a reality. It'll be programmable for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they would be like real people, but you could. But like a vision of. Program well, them in. Yeah. I, th- I think ultimately what I would imagine would happen is there would be like a some sort of unit that you could rent. Right. But you would have to wheel it to room to room and it would have like a 360 camera on it yep. and you could tune in via your headset but you were only limited to looking around. Because didn't you say you did like a, a concert on an Oculus? Yeah, I borrowed the Oculus from your son. Yeah. I think it's the Oculus 2, right? The, or no is idea. it the Meta que- the Quest 2? It's the Quest. Yeah, it's the Same Quest thing. 2. Yeah, yeah. I, that's the one I have. Okay. And you have YouTube VR, which I'm surprised how little of content is on there, like really good stuff. Yeah. Like you have to really search their algorithms on YouTube VR is terrible. So I had to like manually go in and type concert VR concert and Dave Matthews showed up. Okay. And you're basically in the position where the guitar tech would be. And it's a 360 camera. So you could either stand up and look all the way around the arena, but then you can look down and you can see like the fans the yeah. concert go is right there and he's right there. It's wild. So yeah. you take that and you you look five years from now on what that can be. Not <sighs> would be yeah. crazy. Again. It's very immersive. For sure. That would be really neat. Yeah. So so to your point, John, for weddings, you could rent a handful of 360 cameras. You could put one like near the DJ maybe, or one up by the head table, one for the ceremony. And then you could toggle back and forth as the user. I don't, I don't think we're too far off. You'd have to have really good internet though at the venue. That's another thing. Most venues are not Not great, but they could see what it looked like to be standing in the middle of a reception. Right. Yeah. And then you could have guests 
go up to the camera and wave. I don't think you'd really talk back, but I mean, right, right. It would just be like, I'm standing observing what's happening. Yeah. But you're for in those that can't yeah. make it. You can join us virtually. And like that, that's coming for sure on the well, wedding website, join us virtually. And yeah, well, and, and it's so funny too. Cause I, I think like, God, who would do that? But then I start thinking about like getting ready to go participate in a wedding yeah. and I'm like the parking. And then I know I'm like, Okay, VR seems pretty <laughs> <laughs> like you're like I'll be there. No, I'll be at the in wedding my for goggles. sure. There's yeah. a <laughs> lot of tech experts that have gotten a lot of things right on how technology has evolved and who's buying it cuz they look at it from from like a economical standpoint like hey, it's cool all these things exist but they're going to all fail or they're not going to make money. And they're saying how the VR headset thing will never work. They're like people don't like to wear goggles. So until yeah. they can get that really modest looking, because you know on the the Apple uh, announcement, they have live voicemail uh, transcription. Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. mm, yep. Tra yeah. it, it'll transcribe a voicemail in real time. So how cool is that? So when you get a call and somebody leaves a voicemail, as they're leaving the voicemail, it'll show up on your phone as they're as as they're saying it. So if it's like an emergency, you can pick up the phone right away. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, that's so there's a lot of really cool yeah. iPhone updates. But it showed a lady like wearing it on a plane. Like to me, I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know if like wearing Giant headsets goggles. will become they'll, they'll in public become a thing. It. I don't know. Well, here's what I'll say contact. is I, so we have exercising apps on our quest Two, And so for exercising, it's great. But even if you're not exercising, you're sweating into that thing. Yeah. Mm. 40 minutes into wearing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And they're kind of, or is it heavy a little bit? Yeah. And then after a while. Yeah. yeah. And then for, again, starting at $3,500, the battery life's only two hours. If oh, you don't, seriously? If you don't have it plugged add. in mm. two hours, like two hours. And so if it. <laughs> I have my goggles on way longer. Yeah. yeah. That quest thing is wild. There's like acoustic shows that you're like front. It's, yeah. I'm going to have to look up that Dave Matthews thing. You should. I'll uh, send me a text as a reminder and I'll text you okay because you have to kind of take some time to dive in and find it it's unless it's changed because that was probably six seven months ago that yeah that's so maybe they had a new update or something but you know like burning man yeah walk through burning man uh, that's cool. cool yeah I've so, never I've never I get dizzy pretty easily so I'm always nervous it's gonna make me yeah. like Melissa refuses to put them on nope not, I'm not gonna do it the games that they move for you I do fine, but there's one game where you run with the sticks. So you're running around this map, but you're not moving. And I pulled it off after Ooh. 25 minutes and I felt so sick. Vertigo. Vomit. And I was like, no. I think I'm not going to play this <laughs> yeah. game anymore. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. we're getting I way off. I don't yeah. know how what we, we got here on that. The Wedding Podcast is we get off topic. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Just ladies. talking but, about tech. Deal with but it. yeah, the well, and the tech side of our industry 10, 15 years from now, it would be really neat to see where that is. But I think building a legacy or having a legacy in mind of where, you know, you how long you want to be in this business, how long you can do this business. So if your goal should be someday to not be the photographer shooting every wedding, what are you looking to do then? There's lots of paths you can take. Do you train a team? Do you have courses? Do you find... um part of the industry that you can do when you no longer want to be doing the physical mm -hmm. standing in the middle of the venue kind of thing. So work toward that, work toward that from day one, 
uh, educate yourself so that you can become an expert in that. And there's lots of different ways you can do that. Um, I see people trying to jump into that a little too soon sometimes, um, trying to get out <laughs> yeah. before yeah. they've even been in for very long. Um, I, I think it takes a long time to kind of earn those stripes, yeah. but yeah. it should be, right? You know, I'm going to monetize my one year's worth of intellectual yeah. property for $4,500 yeah. for one hour Maybe. training session. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. No, that's probably not. You just haven't had enough experience. You haven't put in enough time. Gosh, I'm still learning, you know, yeah. working with couples and, um, but we've figured out a lot of things and we are going to have coursework on it and we're going to help train people on those things. And I think that's just something that because we're kind of in that, yeah. Retirement phase or kind of looking toward that. And what does that look like? It's very yeah. real in our industry, maybe more so than a lot of industries. Yeah. You know, are you going to be a 70 year old DJ standing up or is that the vibe? Right. If I, I, I were, I'd be wearing probably this outfit. Well, we should talk about our outfits really quick because we went hardcore floral on everybody. Yes, we did. I just, and it, yeah. Goes to show an observant I am. How See. hardcore floral. Tell you what, don't sleep on the Hawaiian shirts, gentlemen. They're so comfortable. They, it's a vibe. It is a vibe. We were a little love, worried you'd blend into the background good. and look like, because it's a lot of green. <laughs> Just a head. Just a floating head <laughs> with a few flowers over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We went hardcore. Um, I, I, I think as you get into this industry, you need to figure out what your exit strategy is going to be eventually. I'm not saying like the minute you get and figure out how you're going to get out. I'm just saying if you're five, 10 years in and you still have a business that 100% relies on you being at the actual event to make money, that's something you're going to want to reevaluate. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of people say, okay, well, I'm going to hire associate DJs, associate photographers, catering, you need a crew, obviously. there's. I mean, there's a few catering companies that can do big weddings with like two people, but that's typically not a plated meal. No. It's like a big buffet, right? Mm -hmm. So there's different exceptions there. But <clears throat> is the goal to hire a bunch of people that can take on uh, some of the work that you maybe don't want to do or uh, maybe you just want to cut back on weddings? Okay, that's, that's, that's a, a certain business model, right? A multi-operational company. Uh, you, we all know some of the risks that you're running with that. Uh, my big thing for those kind of companies, and again, this is just me asking questions and being curious, is if you've got really great people on your team and you're a DJ, I'll, I'll talk about DJs here because I know that world obviously well. So if you're a multi-operational DJ company and you have three DJs that work for you, um, maybe you are buying their equipment. Right. And mm -hmm. maybe those DJs, they don't, uh, at the time, they don't want to do consultations. They don't want to be front facing on the sales side of things. They want to show up and DJ and maybe they're, they're pretty good at it and they're not going to get bad reviews. They're going to do their job really well and they're going to execute. That's great. Well, you cut to two years. Those DJs are going to learn the ins and outs of how to sell. They're going to save up money and they can afford to buy their own equipment. So what happens two, three years later when that DJ comes to you and says, well, hey, I know you've been paying me $500 a wedding. I want a thousand. And that owner's like, well, I'm not giving you a thousand dollars. Okay, I'll go start my own company because I learned everything that I could learn. I am doing really well. I'm getting reviews that you want me to get. I'm doing everything I can for you and I want to raise or I want more money, whatever. Um, I, I want to take on less weddings. Well, no, you got to have a minimum. So it's not difficult to go off and start your own wedding 
business yeah. in most cases, other than a venue. A venue changes the game a little sure. bit, right? But as a DJ, a photographer, even cinematography, it's not that expensive to go out and and get equipment for for what like what you need to get started. So that's why I've always said it's easier for me. Number one, it's 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 less liability to have any other DJs name on my contract because mm-hmm. what happens on a Saturday? Yes, I'm off on a Saturday. Cool. Now that DJ who is supposed to be out is sick. Now what? Show up. That yeah. needs to be outside. I will train. I will coach. I'm going to charge you for those things, but I'm going to give you everything you need to be able to do this successfully on your own. But I don't want you as an employee or a staff mm-hmm. member or an associate DJ. There's just too many headaches. Now, the reward is that in theory, you have 10, 15 people that are working for you and you're making money while you sleep. I get it. But I promise you that's still going to come with a lot of headaches eventually. And I think the first headache is what I just said. Those that are like, I'm getting really good at this. I want more money. Yeah. Well, no, you're not giving you. Okay, cool. Good. Awesome. I'm going to go out and do it myself. And now you don't talk to each other. Yeah. You've just got to continually retrain new people and start over and over. Start an agency. Do an agency model versus an employee model. I'm sorry. That's just the way. Yeah. No. And there's ways to do that and just smart ways that actually work. And you have to really think about, again, what kind of you know, end game, do I want? Do I still want to be involved and responsible for things? Would I rather just teach people and have them go off on their own? My, can I still do something in the industry that doesn't require me? Could I edit for another photographer? Could I second shoot down the road? Do I build a team where I am just that backup yeah. shooter? And, you know, what do, because it is, it's a physically demanding industry, number one. We're on our feet. Um, you know, on the weekends that we're working, we're on our feet 12, 16, 18 hour days. Um, it's an industry when you're looking at our clientele are typically 22 to 28 year olds. You know, we have some older, yeah. but I mean, so it's a little harder to relate when yep. you're not, when you're 40 years older. It, it's just totally. tough. That's just the so, reality. Yeah. So there's just a lot of things. Again, you can stay strong and be older. I don't mean when you hit, you know, 50, you're kick to the curb and need to go to the senior home or anything. But I mean, it's just something to be thinking about. And it's, it's important because you don't want to look up and go, whoa, I don't have the, you know, physicality to do this anymore. I don't have the desire to keep up with the young. I don't. So I'm done. Like if you haven't, that's a tough time. Don't let that be the time. And then you're trying to figure it out. Well, you'll see this in venues quite often too, where somebody who is been running a venue for years and years and yeah. years and they're cranky and they're grouchy and they're just rude to clients. They're rude to the guests. They have all of these rules that they pull out out of their ass to say, can't do this, can't do that and can't do this. And they're like, why? Because I said so. It's like, you need to get out of the industry. You see this with planners every now and then that have planned weddings forever. And you can tell that they're burnt out or they're just over it and they don't understand the new trends that are happening and they roll their eyes nonstop. I see it. I Mm -hmm. see it. This is not a hypothetical. I see it. Eh, You're ruining the vibe. Like you've you've got to, you got to move on. Right. The industry evolves and you've got to keep up and you may like or not like the new things that are happening, but um, yeah, you've got to really think about that. So if you can work toward that from day one or start thinking about it, if you've been in the industry for a while, just don't wait till the end. Don't wait till you're, you know, burned out and, uh, not doing much business to try to figure out a way to get out yeah. of it. It's not smart. You don't want a lot of people talking behind your back being like, man, they are just so rude to work with. Yeah. 
No, I don't. Typically, if you trace it back, a lot of it is they've just been doing it too long. Yep. They're burned out. Absolutely. Yeah. If I if I'm still doing it, you know, at 65, 70, I'm at least gonna be friendly on my rascal. Yeah. I'm not gonna be mean. Yeah. I'm gonna be nice to yeah. people and fun. Have a cute little horn and all that stuff. To customize it to the like to make it match the aesthetic. Have some like black just, rims, a white rascal. I gotta look very cool. Some shiplap on like Oh yeah, like a little shiplap. for my dog and Charlie Anything's can possible. sit in the side, <laughs> sidecar. sidecar. I did see a motorcycle with a sidecar there. That looks so fun. I would love to buy a motorcycle with a sidecar, put Melissa on the side and we just <laughs> yeah. cruise around. That'd be a blast. I know. That would be a blast. I think as long as you're like just in town where it's safe. It makes me yeah. nervous on the highway. I'm like yeah, you're so unprotected. Yeah. Motorcycles right. are a whole nother. Would she let you go to a motorcycle? Is she a fan of that? Uh, yeah. I just, I'm not. It's not your thing. Into okay. Them. No. You're more into golf carts. More into golf carts. A side by side. The easy cool. living. Like a can am oh, side by sure. side would be a lot of fun. Yeah. You know oh, I'm yeah. About? Like a yeah. Uh huh. I do. Good suspension on it. They go like 80 miles an hour on trails, take them up to like Wisconsin. That would yeah. be fun. That Until be something nice. breaks and then you've got to fix. Fix it, and that costs money. So I want to go snowmobiling, like on a trail that because I mean, the winter I feel like we all kind of shut down and hide and yeah. don't do anything. Like snowmobiling on on a trail and yeah, that's like you know prepared. But if it only know. snows like four times a year, yeah. <laughs> you you own this thing. No, I just want to rent one. Oh, okay. I want to rent one and just go on a, like use someone else's. Yeah. That is the way to do it. Rent, rent your boats, rent your side by side, rent your snow, get it out of your system and then be done with it. Let them insure it. Let them store it. Let them fix it and go from there. hundred percent. I was almost going to text you when you were working your wedding, I was sitting out by the pool. So I had swam some laps because my leg was, was But then I was like eating my dinner by the pool and I was like, I was going to literally text you and be like, I don't want to be a jerk. You should have. I'm I'm like living. I was going to be like, you need a pool. Like you need a pool. You need to have this vibe. It's like so relaxing. But then I was like, don't just come use mine. Like just don't. I know. I know. (laughs) We need to live closer to. I know. My neighbors are selling their house. If anybody wants to be my neighbor. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing is having those nice things that you can do and have fun with. Work hard, play hard. There's nothing wrong with playing hard, but they say work hard, play harder. Harder. Yeah. Enjoy your time. Absolutely. So this, you guys, you know, in closing, this is just a fun industry to be in. We hope that we are giving some good advice for a couple of people who've been in it for a minute. Um, we, again, are super passionate about it, and we just want you to learn things that, yeah. you know, we had to learn along the way, right? Yep. Maybe help yep. fast forward you through some uh, mistakes we made, right? Or some- <laughs> There's been a few. <laughs> Not me, really, no. but yeah, just you. Yeah, just no? me. <laughs> um, when we went, speaking of Hawaii yeah. and Hawaiian shirts, we went to Oahu to this, uh, like, sacred beach. Ooh. And they had, like, all these weird, like, you you can't laugh- too loudly outside, they only allow a low haw. Oh. 